0: This is Work the Case, a Criminal Minds legal podcast. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. We're, we're watching the craziest episode of SVU, and it's my favorite. It was fine. It was amazing. It was literally perfect. Ra- R- Raphael Barba is, is a saint among men. <laughs>
1: Hot take, you like this because it's bad. I like Criminal Minds because it fucks. We are not the same. We
0: are not the same, but we'll make do. Hi, <laughs> welcome to Work the Case. I'm Lee. I'm Hope. And special guest star... Graham? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and together we make up a team that's not entirely well qualified to talk about SVU, but Graham's really pulling their weight this episode. <laughs> Truly.
2: I've seen most episodes of SVU countless times in mm-hmm. fact I one through three seasons 1 through 13 are my niche but um the Amaro episodes hold an ire for me they wound you mortally they truly do they make me so upset I think I meet God <laughs> <laughs> and he's not happy he's not happy to see me and it's never a good time
0: yeah so this is firmly within the range that Graham hates this hates. is
2: season 14
0: episode three called 25 acts
2: it is one of the worst episodes i've ever seen except it's got the strongest introduction to any of the characters i've ever seen so that anyone post stabler i'm like eh about but Raphael barba a hold a hold a hold on my soul i think when i die raul gets it
0: he gets to take my soul <laughs> that man is gripping your soul like a bowling that ball that <laughs> man gets
2: it he it's it's at whatever he wants i live at his beck and call
0: <laughs> okay, so for the benefit of the audience and also hope, uh, I'll go through the summary. So uh, this episode, it's got to be like 2013. So this is firmly post Fifty Shades of Grey and this episode is an analog for that. So the author of this book called 25 Acts goes on to a talk show called Raising Kane because it's hosted by host Adam Kane. That is a chicken restaurant in louisiana
2: is that a is the phrase raising cain not louisiana specific it's, it's like biblical because like, it's, it's biblical. Uh, hey on my life cain and abel on my, <laughs> hey on my life i was raised catholic i know the story i know the story of cain and abel on my life I thought that was just some bullshit that, that Todd Graves made up for his chicken restaurant.
1: No. I mean, I know some Baptist bullshit, which is when it's raining, when it's sunny outside, the devil's, devil's beating, beating his, his wife. wife. I said that in Ohio <laughs> once, and the girl next to me looked at me and went, excuse me? No. And th- that's how I learned it wasn't like a universal phrase.
2: I definitely said that to a group of people that are like, how I met Lee, and they definitely thought I was weird. Um, <laughs> but that's just because I'm
0: Southern. No. Pulling off of this tangent.
2: No, but Raisin Cane, I truly thought that was just the louisiana chicken Restaurant. no it's the
0: symbol of how he's an evil motherfucker because he's
2: literally named after the first sinner so why on earth is it a louisiana chicken restaurant themed around a dog
1: (laughs) well well, because i know the story of it but we don't need to get into it i
2: thought the joke was that he was raising his dog cane
1: no because the dog was named Sugar Cane after because his little sister wanted to name it and then they named it raising cane because he wanted something with it it's in all the restaurants it's a big biography i've
2: met this man he's been to my family's christmas parties
1: Also, I didn't know this.
0: Okay, well, Lee so will be editing sa-
1: all of this out right? Yeah.
0: No, you somehow know all of that, but you don't know that cane in the restaurant is spelled After
1: No, it's after Sugar Cane. C-A-N-E. Yeah, C-A-N-E, Kane.
0: dipshit. <laughs> What's it like to be wrong for once? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so anyway. so Raising Kane over here is having, um, oh my god, <laughs> you're gonna fucking make me edit around a cat on you.
1: <laughs> it's fine, you can just put her in. Okay. <laughs> We're all in the same location for once, if anybody's wondering why this makes no fucking sense. Yeah, Hope
0: grabbed my cat,
1: which is also named Hope. <laughs> so
0: yeah, hope. anyway, so Raising Kane, he's flirting very, very much with Miss Jocelyn, the author flirting. of this book. Yeah, he's he's sexually assaulting her on camera. Yeah. And so they go out to drinks after the show, and she hands him her panties in the restaurant in a way that like I'm, I'm, you know, of the sexually liberated generation. I would fuck. I would literally fucking cry if someone handed me their panties in a public restaurant.
1: The least sexy scene in my I've seen in my entire life.
0: The le- I think it's the fact that the panties are green. She slides him the panties like I would slide somebody a ransom note. And like after she's green. like.
1: Hunched over, peeling them <laughs> off as if he wouldn't notice that and, she's like wiggling. And out. she yeah. literally like,
0: gives them to him. Like she looks him dead in the eye while she does. It. it looks like she's trying to get like the money for the like the Iran Contra out of this man. It's yeah, very and I've never strange. understood. Because
1: like, what are you gonna get out of it? Like, oh, it's some green lace that was on your pussy just now. Like, oh, you can't whip
0: them out and sniff them in the restaurant. What's no, the point? not in that fancy restaurant. So they go back to his place and they're making out, and he immediately like, slaps the shit out of this woman so hard, and she's, not. A, she's a little kind of lady, so, like, the fact that he hits her that hard, I'm like, ooh. and he's like, get on the bed, and she's like, yes, master, and, like, she's playing into, like, the role play, she gets on the bed, um, and he goes, no, 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 on your hands and knees, and so she does, and he takes out his belt, and he hits her really fucking hard, <laughs> like, I, like, I went, ugh. And then he puts it around her neck and pulls it really tight. And she tries to say stop, but he, like, pulls it too tight for her to talk. And then the camera cuts away. She's clearly been assaulted. The next scene, it's, like, at the hospital. Her assistant has called the police because this woman has clearly been assaulted, although she doesn't want to admit it at first. Because
1: her assistant's a fucking queen. Her assistant's a narc and a queen, and we (laughs) stand. So
0: they, they try to talk to the... To Jocelyn, and they're asking her, and she's like, "Well, I was flirting with him, and I let him on, and I gave him my panties, and we had sex, and I didn't say no, but I did want him to stop. So it's not rape, really." And then Olivia Benson, who cannot let a woman go no. without like a tr- court trial, is like, "No, no, no, honey, we're gonna take you. Like, we will, we will fight you. We will avenge you, your honor, with to the death."
2: Even Rollins, who notably like so, there's like a moment where it's like, "Is Rollins up to speed?" And she's like, "Well, she has been doing this for a year." Like, Rollins will fight every victim, and if a victim's like, I'm not sure, Rollins is like, great, let's close the case. Fuck it, who cares? I've never... I'm clocking out. I'm clocking out. I have a baby at home. I don't get... Like, why would I care about this? This episode, Rollins is like, Liv, this is real. This guy really hurt her. (laughs) Guys, this guy's got a bad reputation. Normally, Rollins is like, I don't know, I watch this show every Tuesday, and I've never heard anything bad about the host. This time, she's like, I don't know, guys. I think he's icky.
0: Rollins, who has been raped, by the way, is like... I don't think rape is real. (laughs) Who moved to New York to avoid
2: being further, like, sexually abused by her superior officer is then in New
0: York. She's so, she doesn't make any sense.
2: She's a Georgia person, apparently. She's (laughs) from Georgia, and it's stupid.
0: So, so Rollins and Liv are on board the fuck-this-guy train, but the uh, temporary chief, who is there because their normal chief was found with a dead hooker in his bed, so that court case is done with, but he's on suspension for another week because Dan Florence is busy.
1: Yeah. So. If we ever pause the show, that's why I'm out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you found a dead hooker in your bed. Like, um, a dead hooker in your bed. So, so while that new that temporary chief is still in office, he's like, well, you can't just go flying off the fucking handle, SBU. You're not Criminal Minds. So we need you. T- like, I'm gonna send Munch and Finn to go talk to the Adam Kane, and you two, the the women can go talk to her and see if her story checks out. And Nick Amaro, whom I hate, is gonna stay here, read the book, and follow up on interns. He is the worst character in this show. And there are
2: 22 seasons of this show. Yes. And he is the worst man I've ever encountered in it. He's an awful man. There are rapists in this show. <laughs> and I find Nick Amaro to be the most...
0: There's an episode where Nick Amaro beats up a pedophile, and I'm, I'm sure Graham's like, Go to jail, Nick! <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Actually, I think he
2: should serve time. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, Stabler, like, fully drowns a pedophile, and no one mentions it for, like, six seasons, and I'm like, why would they mention it? He did nothing Finally, wrong. someone's
0: like, you drowned a pedophile, and he's like, and what of it? And what of
2: it? <laughs> no, Nick Amaro is a, he's a, I don't know, he's a disease. I can't stand the man. His care. it's just because he's fake Stabler, so it doesn't do anything, like, he, he doesn't bring anything new to the show. Yeah,
0: Rollins is a more compelling
2: fake Stabler. Yes. Um, We can't make this... No, we can't. Okay, so going back to the fly... The Boner Squad is the, go, sent to Maryland.
0: Yeah, so the Boner Squad, which is, in this case, Finn, Munch, and Nick Amaro, are sent to Jocelyn's College because they are going to interview everybody she has ever spoken to in her fucking life to see who the fuck got her into BDSM. Sorry, we skipped a scene. Um, after, so the Boner Squad of Finn and Munch go to talk to Adam Kane, and while they're talking to Adam Kane, he's like, yeah, you know... She was sexy. She wanted me to fuck her. She wanted me to put the belt on her. You know, whores, women, same thing. And so everyone's like, ooh, that guy's scuzzy. We don't like him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Amaro, no, not not Amaro. Amaro's still reading the book. He's, he, he's, 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 he's taking <laughs> intricate notes on the book. He, he's tabbing the book like a fucking note. Like, I have a book right here that's tabbed, and he somehow tabbed it more. Um, he's
1: comparing it to an Italian renaissance. He's
0: just, like, looking at every reference she wrote in the book.
2: He fully researches all of the references, and then also has time to, like, check the Twitter of the writer to, like, see if it matches up with her
0: tweeting style? Well, he's going through a divorce, so clearly he's got all the time in the world on his hands. It's
2: just, this is normally Rollins' job is to be like, actually, I looked at her Twitter because I'm the young, spunky one on the squad, <laughs> and I understand how the internet works, unlike any of you old geezers. Um, but, and, like, again, she's the one who's like, I know about pop culture, but I guess they hadn't hammered that out in her character yet, uh-huh. so it's Amaro. Oh, no, she knows
0: every scene in this book off the off Oh, the off the of
2: And then Munch has also read the book to his mother who can't read anymore, (laughs) Which is interesting, because what Ice-T has to say about the book is, porn
0: is porn. (laughs) So, that, so, okay, so Olivia Benson and Amanda Rollins go to talk to Jocelyn, who is at a book signing, and she's like, yeah, you know, like, I'm I'm getting back on the horse, it's fine, there's a party tonight, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, if you go to this party, it's gonna look bad when if a jury hears your case if you decide press charges and she's like i'm a big girl i can take care of myself she goes to the party she is immediately raped for a second time by the same man on camera who shoves her into an elevator and like fucks her against the wall and it, it's a horrifying scene it is horrible it's like awful it's from a horror movie it is a horror movie so she goes to live and makes live her outcry witness for the second time And they go, fuck it, we're gonna charge him, we're gonna charge him. Introducing the greatest character in the fucking show. They go back to the office, and the chief is like, yeah, well, the DAs had to all lawyer up because of the dead hooker in the chief's beds.
1: Which is hilarious to me. All the lawyers had to lawyer up, guys, fuck it. Yeah, no,
0: so the thing is... this is, like, a, a season-wide plot, but essentially the DAs were all involved in a sex trafficking squad, so they all had the lawyer out. <laughs> That's why we had to introduce Raphael
2: Barba. If I'm not mistaken, other reason we have Raphael Barba. um, We've been running, we had Kim Greylick, who left for no reason. Awful. Awful, awful. But she just sort of up and left, was like, I don't like SVU, bye. So we've just had random ADAs for the past season or so, like, just sort of, like, one-offs. I think there was, like... A, a black woman who joined for a single episode, and they went, nah, never mind. Um, literally at the end of the episode, it was like, nah, we won't, we won't keep you. So this is the first like ADA we're keeping for a few seasons. So yes. that's why his episode had to go off uh-huh. with such a bang.
0: So we we introduced to him in arraignment court, where he's he. <laughs> Immediately he's like... He's just being a bitch. He's like, that thick-jawed motherfucker is going to go to jail. Neanderthal. Neanderthal-jawed motherfucker is going to go to jail, take the plea deal, and the other lawyer's like, we will call you in the morning.
1: Which, and if I was a defense attorney, I'd be like, and send me to jail too, bitch, and I'd cock my gun and I'd shoot him in the fucking head.
0: <laughs> I am not joking. No, we, I know you're not. So... They they go back to his office, which is the fucking nicest office in all of New York. It has it's got, a got a fireplace. It's got a... It, that is, like, fuck office. This is an <laughs> office where you can conceive children. <laughs> um. So they're talking to Barba, and he's like, is she credible? And they're like, well, she was raped. And he's like, I didn't ask if she was raped. I asked if she was credible. Which is a
1: realistic lawyer question. You're like, that's such a big dick move. I'm like, no, that's... No, that's we, we never
0: said that's a big dick move. We've seen, at this point, 14 seasons of this show. <laughs> so... Barba is like find out everything you know about her so they send the boner squad all the all the insensitive men on the team Munch Finn and Nick Amaro, up to her college and he's like, you got to find who, who she wrote the book about. you got to find all her boyfriends, all of her professors, t- anybody she's looked or seen or touched or heard the dick of.
1: Because the defense <laughs> will find it and they will bring them to the stand. And, and he's the, right.
0: They say the moral of the upset, which is the thing that you don't tell us, will be the thing that they use to destroy your case.
1: Which is something that I tell real clients all the time. Because yep. it's true. Anything that you're lying about, that you're ashamed enough to lie about to your attorney...
0: Vince going to find
1: it, and they will raw you with it. <laughs>
0: They'll raw dog your ass. Anyways, that's not an appropriate thing to say based on the subject matter of this episode. <laughs> Anyways, so they are talking to everybody. They talked to her ex-boyfriend that she did basically all of Virgin. college. Virgin, <laughs> vanilla.
1: Hasn't so even... vanilla. So vanilla that they're like, well, did you do any kinky stuff? And he goes, well, sometimes she was on top, sometimes I was on top. And, I was and that's like, like, like oh his God. definition
0: of kink.
2: He hasn't even taken the BDSM test. He doesn't know
0: what those letters mean. Rope bunny? Is that like a rabbit that can tie knots?
2: Like <laughs> genuinely, I think they're like, so, I, were you, a, like, did, was it her first time? I mean, she told me it was. She was mine. And then they're like embarrassed for him. Like, <laughs> he
0: goes, oh, sheesh. Like, iced tea is like, Ugh, you know <laughs> So, so, um, while they're there, they have no luck. But Nicomaro was like a fucking dog. He's like, I'm gonna find what happened. So he's talking to one of her former professors. She was his advisor, or sorry, she was Jocelyn's advisor, and she taught some of the creative writing and the lit classes that Jocelyn was in. And Nick is talking to her, and, like, while he's talking to her, he's like, yeah, all of these, like, renaissance references that were in her book, you also taught. And she was like, oh, yeah, she was a very attentive student, very nice, get the fuck out of my office. And so he leaves, and he, before he leaves, he goes, oh, nice harpsichord, or sorry, nice little piano. And she's like, it's a harpsichord, you dipshit. <laughs> And he leaves so they go to the the grand jury trial uh not grand jury trial it's a grand jury hearing. hearing 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 and in it jocelyn explains what happened to her it's kind of up in the air whether or not they will get the like right to go to trial in this one but ultimately the grand trial does the grand jury just decided to bring charges against adam for like like aggravated assault and rape when they leave the courthouse, Barba is, like, on the front steps and the press are talking to him. And he tries to, like, leave without making a statement. He just goes, like, ah, oh, we'll, we'll see you in court. The defense lawyer, who is the devil, goes, like, Aren't we all- she's a slut and a whore and she deserves it. And Barba goes, well, I don't care if you're a TV show host. No means no. And then he fucks off and locks away. And she's like, no, she wrote a book about being horny, so that means that she goes straight in hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really mean. Cut to the court case. Nicomaro is still fucked off at college. I, I imagine he's rushing a frat <laughs> at this point. Um, the trial begins and Jocelyn is like, befo- before like she testifies, Nicomaro finally finds what he's looking for. It is that the professor that Jocelyn had as her advisor and all of that actually wrote 25 acts and used Jocelyn to promote the book because like she said in court, she's like, nobody wants to know about my fantasies. I'm a middle-aged woman. Everybody wants to know what a hot 24-year-old wants to be done to her in bed. So she's also very innocent looking. It's very compelling if she has, like, a dark sexual fantasy. So she got Jocelyn to basically sign on as, like, the the fake writer of the books, gave her 10% royalties and a bunch of fucking money, and Jocelyn just lies and says that she wrote it. So she lied to the grand jury. Wants to pull out of the tr- the trial completely. Raphael Barba is like, well, if you pull out and you don't testify, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna subpoena you for lying to a grand jury, which is a felony, and you'll go to fucking jail. And everyone's like, hey, Barba, that's a lot. And he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm trying crimes. I play hardball. I play hardball with these motherfuckers. He literally says, I don't, I'm not playing. Yeah. I don't play Rollins. <laughs> so she testifies that she's a fucking liar, mcliar, and she fake wrote the book, but she he really did rape her. The lawyer, the defense lawyer is like, well, you're a whore, because that's literally all she can do. And then
2: I think it's like, de- the, de- sorry, she's like, yeah, clearly these are your liar fantasies that you have, and then Barbara's like, no, no, those aren't even her fantasies, let's have the real author come up, and the author's like, yeah, they're mine, she's never even, she doesn't know what sex with a man is like this, <laughs> what are you talking about? And they're like, but she can lie, she lied on TV, how can we trust her? So then Barbara pulls...
0: Barbara is like... <laughs> Hold my fucking beer. I'm going to have the craziest shit in your goddamn life
1: happen. This is the first time. So watching this episode, I was like, okay, the energy he's bringing—that's lawyer energy. I've met attorneys like this; they fuck. It's great. Love it. The moment he gets out the belt and is like choking himself, I've seen attorneys do this to themselves in court—not with the belt, but with like other props. They're like, yeah, this is exactly what happened. Here's how they took it because it's very compelling to do it in court. You can't hand it to the witness and be like, choke me, you motherfucking yeah, me pussy.
0: Explain what happens. Choke me, you dense motherfucker. <laughs> so he, he's talking, he's cross-examining Adam Kane, and he's like, so what's sex with a belt like? <laughs> and he's like twirling a lock of hair around his finger. As your average Joe. As your average Joe, this man is a twink and a freak. I do not believe he does not know what sex with a belt is like, but really? the judge will allow it.
1: Just for my curiosity. For that's curiosity, not a legal basis. Just,
0: just for my curiosity, judge. So he goes up, he's like, He's, he's like, can I take that? Can you show me? And the judge, who's the most permissive judge in all of New York, is like, I will allow it. I've met more but friends. watch yourself, Barba. And so he takes his belt off and he puts it around his neck. And he's like, so pull it. And so Adam pulls it. And Barba's like, come on, pussy, pull it. And he basically yells at him until Adam fucking yanks it and almost, like, chokes Barba out in the middle of court. And the judge starts yelling at Barba. She's like, Mr. Barba, that's enough. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. And then he's like, <coughs> not a mark on me, I'm fine. Here's what Jocelyn's neck looked like after he choked her out. See all these bruises? He's a fucking rapist. She didn't like it, Adam. And he snaps his fingers and goes sits down. Um, There's some plot shit about the temporary chief leaving. We don't care about that. Three days later, the jury comes back with a verdict. Adam Kane is a guilty motherfucker. He's going to jail. And the last scene is like them on the court steps and Jocelyn being like, What do I do? My name is in the mud. I have no fucking money and everything sucks. And uh, Barbara looks at her and just goes, America loves a comeback. And he like skateboards off. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Which to be fair, my immediate reaction was if this was like a real case, and she wrote a fucking like memoir biography whatever had it ghostwritten, written oh, i would up. i would read it daily like are you kidding me like you went from being a fake bdsm writer because your professor wrote bdsm and was like hey you look pretty hot you want to confront this guy <laughs> get raped obviously awful go through a whole trial with i'd be like i'd eat that shit with a fucking spoon are you kidding no, me no that's
0: it, it would be the best fucking memoir ever so <laughs> it's a lot in this episode it's not criminal minds so like psychology is really hard to talk about uh there's like some things that i can talk about so first of all at a point in the episode they go like they go like the only difference between him and a power sort of rapist is that he has a bigger vocabulary so a power sort of rapist is not a sign of intellect um anybody can be a power sort of rapist the only difference between a power sort of rapist and an anger excitation rapist is that uh, anger excitations are more likely to be taking out a personal grudge, vendetta, or prejudice. Meanwhile, an power assertive rapist is raping to prove that they are the most dominant person. That's not an indication of intellect. It's not an indication of education or anything else. It's just like the primary motivators. Traditionally, your anger excitation rapist would actually probably fall lower on the intellect scale, just on the sense that they are taking out a prejudice and uh, you know, I It's hard to really explain the definition without getting into, like, your own kind of academic prejudice, because that's what academia about psychology is. But, yeah, so that one I found weird. Also, at one point, there's, like, she says, like, I just froze up. And Finn's like, ain't that fight or flight? Because he doesn't know shit about psychology, despite working in the team for, like, 13 years at this point. And Liv is like, well, there's actually a third. It's called freeze. There's four, actually. (laughs) There are four, so there's four trauma responses. Um, traditionally, we know them as fight or flight. The other two are fawn and freeze. Fawn is the, uh, it's basically the reaction where you're trying to please whoever is there. Some people describe it as Stockholm Syndrome. It's basically where you, uh, you, whatever they want you to do, you'll do it, and you'll do it even without them asking, because you want to make them, you can't keep dabbing, Graham. <laughs> And then there's Freeze, where you just freeze like a gazelle. So <laughs> so
2: part of the reason why there's not a lot of psychological stuff in this episode is because this is post B.D. Wong. Yes. This is at B.D. Wong has left, and we are we are unmoored. We did not then replace him with a new doctor to uh-huh. explain the psychology of rape, because I guess 13 seasons of it was enough. Yeah. Um, because if B.D. Wong was here, he would have then said, well, you know, and given us some weird stats <laughs> about whether or not you would know you're rapist. Well, the, now Liv can do them, so, yeah. like, we don't need we don't need George.
0: Yeah, Liv took a night class at Fordham next to Gracie <laughs> about psychology. Um,
2: but, yeah, B.D. Wong used to be the one who would pop in and be like, well, he's probably raping because of X, Y, and Z. Um, even though it had n- usually nothing to do with anything, it was just trying to make Stabler sympathetic to the situation. Not or make Stabler mad. Or make Stabler angry and punch a wall. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, so, those are, like, the two psychology things I would also call um, basically everything he does to any woman in the world is sexual harassment at the very least. He broke an intern's arm having sex with her. my guy, I don't know what kind of sex you are having to break somebody's arm.
1: Also the energy of them being like, yeah, there's rumors he like f- messed around with like like it's implied it's just like sexual harassment of his interns and then they find her and they're like, yeah, didn't he like break your arm and beat the shit out of you, and then give you a really good job to shut you up about it? And this is like well known enough that we found out and I'm talking to you about it. And
2: we he stopped hiring women to work under him, yeah. and that's public knowledge.
1: That's a rumors. He's not allowed to have female interns anymore. That's not a rumor.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, we heard this rumor that he was indicted for criminal sexual assault. You know those pesky little rumors. Yeah. <laughs> that's our public record. Um, no, so it's it's really. He's not allowed to have female interns because he broke one's arm. And, again, I don't know what sex you're having to break somebody's arm. It's called but, rape. Yeah, no, it's it's called a rape is what it's called. <laughs> it's not sex. So, yeah, that's the psychology of this episode. I would also say that this guy probably falls into that narcissistic personality disorder that we talked about a couple episodes ago where uh, everything he says is, it's not my fault, and if it was, then I did it for a reason, and if I didn't, then it, whoever I did it to deserves it. And wanted it and all of that. Yeah, so he he's kind of, again, this is armchair psychology because we don't have BD Wong here to hand walk us through this. But this guy is like, he's displaying a lot of your typical narcissistic personality traits, especially like narcissistic uh, superiority. Yeah.
1: One so. of us has got to fuck a psychologist at one point and get him on this show.
0: Listen, <laughs> we, I mean, I'm doing my work. <laughs> I'm going to Fordham Law right next to Gracie <laughs> to get my AP psych Degree. <laughs>
2: I tragically just have a history degree. I'm useless.
0: Oh. Hey, we're, we're, we're all.
1: Can you <laughs> edit out the part where I say same hat like I'm a fucking 2012 Tumblr canon?
0: <laughs> no. Uh, hey, luckily, we're all bachelors of arts and sciences, so we are yeah. fucking useless. <laughs> um, so that kind of wraps up the psychology part. I really want to get to the legal part because they say shit so casually you see in fact like barba literally comes on scene and he's just like everything i say is god and (laughs) i'm gonna convict you of 18 crimes that you've committed in my presence (laughs) so i guess we could start with um talking to adam on the set of his show and we can play our fun game is this an arrest
1: it probably isn't because he leaves right like again that's our general thumbnail ruling is this is not like the official court ruling but just, like, as a litmus test, is if you feel like you can leave and you do leave, it wasn't an arrest, so mm-hmm. they don't need to read you your rights, as well as the fact that there aren't any charges against him at this point. They're just like, hey, we think there might be, she's, you know, whatever, it's kind of gray area. I don't know if they'd really be talking to him at this point without charges, but, mm-hmm.
0: I, you know, whatever. Well, it's an initial investigation, so you yeah, can like, talk to whoever.
1: Yeah, like, it's, It's weird, but, yeah, so, like, it wouldn't be an arrest. They could just talk to him, Mm -hmm. um, and they didn't get anything useful except for the fact that he's a scumbag anyway, so. Uh,
0: How much do you know about rape kits?
1: A little bit, but not, like, a ton. Um, Generally speaking, I know that they're stored for the length of time depends. Usually it's five years. It can be seven. They're pretty invasive because, I mean – To do a rape kit, you're collecting DNA samples. You're swabbing, right, obviously the affected areas. Mm -hmm. You're testing them. You're inspecting them. Um, I mean, think of, like, your normal gynecology appointment, those of us that have them. But, like, you just got raped. It's not good. It's not fun. Nobody likes them. Uh Um, And generally speaking, it can be weird if there's not a SANE nurse, which is a sexual sexual assault nurse... I don't know what the E stands for, but it's SANE. Those are the ones that perform the rape kits. They come in, they perform it. They have very specialized training both in the rape kit collecting as well as like sexual assault, trauma, trauma responses, et cetera. Um, if the hospital doesn't have a SANE nurse, they occasionally will direct you to just go to another, like they won't do it themselves, will just tell you to go to another hospital, mm-hmm. um, which obviously lowers the stats of people who get it because you go to one hospital and they say, we don't do that here. and No, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, You're the chances of a woman who just got raped like a few hours ago or within 24 hours, which is how long your rape kit is like effective for Mm -hmm. not super high that they're just going to start going to every hospital in the area. Like it's just, it happens. Some women do it because some women are really like badasses like that, but Mm. it's just not like, right.
0: So she, luckily enough goes to a hospital that does have a sane nurse and the kid is taken amanda and olivia do kind of strong arm her into doing it because they're like a woman that's not gonna try her rapist no
2: (laughs) i would note most svu times it is not a sane nurse it might even be the coroner who was a character played by well they're dead no but i I mean puss is
1: puss right
2: but but you don't need a sane nurse for a corpse. I know, but I'm just saying that I believe she does them sometimes. Well, she runs them.
1: Well, if it's a body, it could be a coroner. But when you're alive, because the same nurse is more or less think, for the trauma shit. That's I think going she on.
2: does one on Stabler at one point.
0: Well, no, she. I think she swabs his DNA. She's not doing the rape kit. She's running DNA. Okay. Okay. And I, she's, she's the medical examiner, so she's, like, looking into, like, forensic stuff.
2: I, but I swear, usually it is just whatever, what in SVU specifically, it is whatever doctor they have cast, and then Liv is just there.
0: Yeah, always. To comfort them. No, Liv, Liv gets an alert on her phone every time a woman is raped, and she just shows up at the hospital and it's, to hold their hand through it.
2: Because it is all it is invasive and awful, as it would be, but then it's it always just a random doctor doing it. Yeah. And then Liv is there like, I can pull the curtain. Like, it's just...
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jacqueline, gets uh, she gets it tested, which is in the vast minority of rape kits, because she brings charges up against her rapist. He before the trial is even set to go off he releases a monologue on his website and he's calling her a whore and saying that she wanted it so they arrest him in public and
1: he's like and i'll be charged with rape and just know it's bullshit for me which if i was someone just like watching that on the internet, I'd be like, uh, he's fucking guilty. I'd be
0: like, that's the guiltiest motherfucker I've ever seen. Why is the Green Goblin telling me he didn't rape? I'd
1: be like, there's no charges brought up, but he's like, hey, she's gonna say I raped her, but I didn't. And I'd be like, she hasn't said it yet? Uh. I don't believe you.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so they arrest him in public, and they kind of, like, perp-walk him through a, a, like, a sea of reporters, like, pressed wall to fucking wall. Um... And they bring him to court, and Barbara successfully argues that he is remanded. Now, we don't talk a lot about court procedures in Criminal Minds, because usually they either shoot the suspect dead, or they cut the episode as soon as he's been arrested.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of court shit in Criminal so Minds.
0: tell us about—okay, so, so, a motherfucker gets arrested. <laughs> what happens after—they they slap the cuffs on him, they walk him to a squad car. What happens next?
1: Okay, so there's various stages and again, I have not worked in courts. I have worked in defenders offices that are usually post conviction or mm-hmm. not but po- either post conviction or I've gotten there after the charges are filed. So my experience like with the exact like timeline mm-hmm. is pretty sparse. But generally speaking, you're arrested, yeah. they give you a charge, you are indicted or arraigned and then somehow the trial happens, right? So what happens is once you're brought forward before the judge, they say, here are the charges against you. How do you plead? You explain, here's how I plead. That's
0: arraignment that usually yes. happens. That's usually
1: first because they arraign you. You say, you know, here's how I'm pleading. They say, okay, these are the charges. They then bring you before an indictment, which is before a grand jury, which think of it as a jury, but there's just no rules. Yeah. So there's no rules of evidence. Um, you don't have a right to counsel during it. They basically just put twelve people in front of you. They bring in everything they possibly can. the the, um, the defense counsel doesn't can't know what's in it. So, after the grand jury, what is said and what is brought forward is technically confidential. So even your defense attorney won't necessarily know what the prosecution brought. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really it's really weird. But basically, they'll just bring anything they can. Also, the standard to say because the standard is they might be guilty right Mm -hmm. so they're just they're not saying you are guilty but they're just saying it's possible that you committed this crime yeah
0: so in typical court setting it's beyond reasonable doubt in a grand jury it's
1: it's um oh what is it not preponderance of the evidence um oh i just got kicked out of law school
0: (laughs) I'm not sending this directly to your dean. It's, yeah,
1: it's reasonable belief. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's just like a litmus test, and it's if it's, it's it's a v- incredibly low bar. Yeah, so. if your
0: typical American looks at it and goes, eh, maybe, yeah. then you go to you go to yeah. fucking
1: trial. It's possible. Like it's super easy to meet this, as long as like you weren't in fucking Canada at the time or whatever. Like, yeah. it's very possible. So after you are indicted at the grand jury. You can then either um, plea for bail or for no bail. This is also when you plea at arraignment. So you plea at arraignment, you say, I'm guilty, I'm not guilty. They set your possible bail amount. Mm-hmm. Um, you then, um, grand jury, you debate your bail. So that that point you're saying, well, sorry, I'm, I'm mixing myself up. You're arraigned, you discuss bail at your arraignment. So you can either pay bail, the judge sets bail, or you can be released on, um, like, just released. Your, yeah. So... You can come back. Now, the scene in this episode, they have the two attorneys debating it. Defense's argument's pretty weak because the prosecution comes in and says, Listen, he's got money, he's got fans, he has family in Canada. We're really close to Canada. He can just skip out, and there's no saying that he comes back.
0: And Canada's not going to extradite for that. Yeah.
1: yeah. And the defense counsel is like, uh, But I don't think he will, though.
0: <laughs> Which is every lawyer in SVU is like, but he won't. Yeah, and he most won't. of the time the judges go, oh, well, if you promise. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but, yeah, it's really dumb. But So they can either do that or you can just pay bail and you get set. If not, you stay in jail. So this is where we also discuss the, discuss the difference between jail and prison. Yep. Jail is where you are held before you are um, before you're officially held guilty. Prison is anybody who is found to be guilty is sent to prison. So yep. jail is... Being held between your trial, before your trial, um, before you're held. And then any time you spend in jail, if you're convicted, is, like, included in your prison sentence. So if you spend a year waiting for your trial and you get sentenced to two years, you're only going to serve one year in prison. Because you already served one in jail. If you get found innocent, fucking sucks, I guess, right?
0: Whoops. (laughs) Our bad. Which, like, will suck for this guy because he he was remanded so when you're remanded that's when the judge doesn't offer bail and you're basically go fucking to jail do not collect $200 yeah. yeah
1: so you then after you um after bail set you have your grand jury you're indicted the indictment is basically just your list of what you're being charged with mm-hmm. you then go to trial so they cut out a lot of what goes into trials in this episode so
0: well this happened within the span of two weeks So, Barbara Barbara was like, no, fuck it, let's go, turbo mode.
1: Which is wild, because most trials, especially trials of this magnitude, take months to litigate. Like, two weeks, if I was a defense counsel, I would be signing- Shitting myself? Endless motions saying, your honor, I don't have time to do this, your honor, this is way too soon, we did not have time to prepare. And then taking this straight to fucking appellate court. No,
0: you know, of course, this is SVU, a.k.a. the rocket docket of New York.
1: Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so, essentially, um, you have your trial, you're set, you know what's gonna happen. First, first step is voir dire, um, in Texas it's voir dire, which is fun. It's
0: accent. Um,
1: yeah, I got made fun of, they're like, you're from the North, I was like, go fuck yourself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You go to, you go to law school in the North, that's why you say it right.
1: (laughs) Disgusting. Anyway, um, so, voir dire is the process of jury selection, so, this is where you have your juror pool. There might be a hundred people. There might be up to five hundred. It just depends mm-hmm. um, on a few things. Most of it is like the size of your, like where you are, the seriousness of your case, etc. Yes, but you have your juror pool. You interview, each side gets to interview each juror, potential juror. Yes. Um, and this is, do you have any conflicts with the case? Do you know any of the defendants or the um, plaintiffs? Or do you the-
0: have any bad opinions about cops?
1: Do you have any opinions about um, rape? Do you have any opinions about this book? Do you know what this book is? Have you heard of his, like, little speech on the internet? Yeah.
0: yeah. Which, that was, hey, that's going to that's gonna be the fucking worst thing for Voidier because if they I will that, get to it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so, like mentioning it so all of these things are things that they would be asking just like off the top of my head um also for context we watched this episode like 40 minutes ago so i'm just kind of vibing at this point i did yeah. not take notes
0: no notes this is the holiday special yeah.
1: so, <laughs> so those are just like some general ideas right that they would be scanning for now for Wardir, um, obviously there are big issues where either women people of color um queer people are all usually excluded from juries or are to be excluded from juries that Uh is illegal for people of color and for women um specifically under batson
0: well you can't strike them for being a woman or for being a person of color but you can strike them for basically any reason for any
1: any reason the prosecutor pulls out of their ass and i say prosecutor defense attorneys do it too yeah um i just hate prosecutors i I mean
0: famously like what was it the um Kyle Rittenhouse, his he his case was heard by a basically all white jury.
1: Yeah, it is very common for white um, defendants to, or yeah, defendants to attempt to strike any person of color, mm-hmm. um, because white plain or white jurors are generally more favorable towards white defendants, as well as the fact as if it was um, like
0: a racially motivated crime yeah then
1: there's all of that I, don't, I hope we don't have to explain how racism works yeah. but like
0: no, no man this is how this works uh yeah. hey did you know that one of us is basically permanently excluded from well technically two of us in this conversation are permanently excluded from serving on a jury due to our careers you are because you are trying to be a defense lawyer they
1: will they I'm be- actually not they, a lot of attorneys will let fellow attorneys serve on their case
0: but I, I think a, like a prosecutor would get a whiff of you and be like that like I don't like that slur on my I, jury
1: I thought that too because I was like okay maybe as a law student they'll let me on but like I said a defense attorney surely they won't and then I just spoke to a few defense attorneys who were like yeah I thought that too and then some prosecutor didn't even flinch and let me on and I was like cool mm-hmm. um, but yeah so like
0: I'm mega banned as a person that works in media they will they will kick me out with extreme prejudice they'll be like get that f-slur out of here
1: (laughs) so the the issue with that is that you get so there are strikes for cause which is um when you're striking someone's like they know the defendant they worked with the defendant um maybe it's like a child crime case and they're a kindergarten teacher you can claim that that's cause right because they're gonna be so biased however you get um there's it varies by state a number of preemptive strikes that no one questions. Um, yeah. You can just strike them. Who gives a shit? You get a certain set number. It's usually 12. It can be 9. It can be, like, 10. It, yeah, it's whatever. Um, I don't have it memorized because I don't have to take the bar yet, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, and those are, again, each side just picks 12. No questions asked unless mm-hmm. there is a sense that it is done because you're only striking the jurors of color, women, whatever, and then you take do a Batson challenge, and it's a whole thing. Yeah. But... Generally speaking, you only get a certain number. Uh-huh. And so judges are usually pretty usually with what is a um, strike for cause. So sometimes you have to waste some of your preemptive strikes on people who are a kindergarten teacher in this child crimes case. Yeah. So once you rank it, sometimes people who you would think shouldn't really be on the jury, a defense attorney, a journalist, um, maybe someone who says that you should just hang the death, pe- death penalty case defendant, without even a trial yeah,
0: we'll try by we'll combat make
1: we'll make um we'll make it on the jury because that's just kind of how yeah. it rolls well, my so. permanent
0: my permanent disbarment is essentially just because i've, I've spoken to cops <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: so <laughs> it's wild it is genuinely hard to not get on a jury i know i have a friend in law school this is off topic who wore a ju- who wore an a-cap t-shirt to jury selection <laughs> and they put him on the jury um he fucks he's great um yeah. but yeah so like That's your first step is you select the jury. You then obviously go to trial. Um, Basic setup, you have opening statements, so prosecution, defense, opening statements. Prosecution has their case, so they call all of their witnesses. Um, The defense crosses all of their witnesses. They present their evidence. Mm -hmm. This is usually the bulk of the actual evidence, but it can depend. Mm -hmm. You um, have motions to dismiss as a matter of law, which is basically saying, no reasonable jury could possibly have found um, for the prosecution. Yeah. Period. Um, those are I made even if
0: a grand jury has turned in an indictment. It will be that's a very hard
1: thing to get. It's very difficult, but funnily enough, it's one of those things where if you don't make the motion, you can't appeal on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do get those cases where it's very obviously racially motivated. And it's just like the county that you're in; they're just gonna get convicted. You just throw
0: you, know that out there so that you, it later, so that you can
1: appeal it later. Cool. Um, you also do it at the very end of the case after you have your um, judgment of a matter of law. Mm-hmm. You then go into defense's case, which again they bring their witnesses. Mm-hmm. The defendant may or may not speak; they have the right to refuse. Um, you then go into like closing statements, and that's usually like the basic setup. There's some differences; there can be. Um, direct questioning for each witnesses witness. Then you have cross from the opposite side. Mm-hmm. You then have redirect. You can then have recross, and it can go into various layers. You can have recloses depending. You have reopenings, right? There's a lot of variances. It depends yeah. one on court procedure. It can depend on what the attorneys ask for.
0: How lenient the judges? Yeah,
1: which for the prosecution very lenient. For the defense, we can go fuck ourselves. Yeah. Um So of that's you're
0: a defense lawyer from the devil. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's the general setup. This one, they go, they don't show us opening statements, which is fine, because it's just telling the jury what's happening. Normally, no.
0: opening statements in this show are cross-cut with both sides giving their statements at once, and it's just the, the defense lawyer being like, she's a whore! And Barba being like, now how would you feel if your daughter went through this? And that's just it.
1: And so they go through all of that. They open us up on the questioning of the author. Yes. And... It's interesting. So, generally speaking, when you are direct directing a witness, you are the direct questioner. So, you're yes. questioning the witness, like that you're bringing in. You want to be basically invisible to the jury. Your star. You want the jury to be focusing on the witness. Mm-hmm. Whatever they say, the jurors should like theoretically not take their eyes off of the witness.
0: Barbara is presenting to yeah. the jury. Yeah,
1: he is like, like right front and center. Like you're supposed to stand way back at counsel table. He is like standing over her in her business. Mm-hmm cross is the opposite you want them to be focusing on you Mm -hmm. and not the witness because cross is supposedly an attempt to state your case right yeah you you were lying on the stand weren't you and like theoretically what they say should or shouldn't matter because one your cross should be well thought out enough that Mm -hmm. you know exactly what they're going to say as should you direct of course shit happens um and the fact that you're asking the questions the way that they answer and things like that is the point Um, but yeah, so like cross, generally speaking, the attorneys focus direct the defendant or the witnesses. It's kind of wonky here, but also this is one of the things where like, it's a general idea of how it's supposed to be. But Uh first of all, people, different attorneys have different styles, different opinions on how it should work. This isn't like an official rule. This is just more like, this is probably what you should do. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. I've seen attorneys do direct and cross sitting from behind counsel table. Like, Mm. it doesn't really matter. Um... They then go into, uh, they mention rape shield laws. So yeah. those are evidentiary laws. They mean that you can't bring any proof of a person's previous sexual activity to prove, um, like, promiscuity for a rape victim. Yeah. So you can't say, well, she had sex with 20 guys, so obviously she wasn't raped by guy number 21. Yes. Yeah. Uh, these are pretty difficult to get around by intention, uh-huh. um, for okay. obvious reasons. They're some of the only evidentiary rules that were put in place to prevent a specific crime uh-huh. um, and evidence of a specific crime from coming in, um, and that's because it was so horrendous um, rape cases previously. Mm-hmm. It was just awful. Now, rape, rape shield laws actually,
0: law actually go too full. Cool, cool. they, they affect you and me, and me, me because so in it, media, so yeah. a rape so shield so law is basically so cool. that you. Are not supposed to publish the name of a victim of rape in connection with a saying that they were raped because that is number one prejudicial for any type of legal argument but it's also it's an unethical because basically you are presenting a terrible thing that has happened to somebody without the like basically you're saying like oh yeah this person is a rape victim like you are you are branding them so in media, we call it, like, those are rape shield laws. We don't publish names of rape victims. You're also not allowed to publish the name of a juvenile rape victim at all, because that can, you know, it's a child, number one, and it's awful. Uh, we, as a journalism industry, have gotten in trouble before on kind of fluid cases in which we've reported the name of a child that was kidnapped, and then later on, you know, it, it finds out the child was a victim of sexual assault during Uh, Kidnapping that we've gotten into a lot of trouble as an industry before because of this. So, uh, rape shield laws they're made for you
1: and me. And so, basically, but however, rape shield laws in the legal case, if you bring in your particular evidence that's what's called opening the door quote unquote which means if you mention it so you say well i had sex with 20 guys then the other side can then mention it and bring it into evidence yeah because you brought it in they also mention this this is also relevant to what's called character evidence so character evidence is evidence brought in to prove um oh i'm gonna forget the actual i can usually quote it off the rules of evidence but it's cool Mm-hmm. Um it's pretty much evidence that is brought in to say well you usually do this behavior so therefore you did it on this occasion. Yeah. So you get coffee every morning therefore you drink coffee that morning or yeah. you speed to work every day well the fact that the cop pulled you over we don't need any evidence you were obviously speeding.
0: It's towards character.
1: Yeah. Um, this obviously comes in a lot in rape cases, however, since rape cases are also usually about each other's character, the door is usually open pretty quickly mm-hmm. um but it's one of those things where the defendant has to mention it before the prosecution can mention or prosecution has to mention before defendant mentions it, yes. whoever it applies to um Another thing that I noticed is also the fact that there are some things that witnesses just can't testify to, so he asked her, he asked the doctor at one point, well, because he knew that she, or, like, he didn't know that she wasn't into, like, the BDSM or whatever. Like, the way he phrases it, it asking knowledge, she can't answer that. That's lack of personal knowledge. She can't say yeah. what he did or didn't know. Um, she just can't. Yeah. That would be an immediate objection. The objections here are also weird in the sense that, like, so, attorneys do do this, which is you ask a question you know is going to get objected to and it should be objected to, but you're just doing it to get it in front of the jury. Um, however, both attorneys do this, like, three and four times in a row, like, constantly. If I was the the judge at this point would be, like, would probably throw the defense attorney, first of all, um, for contempt to court. Yeah. Um, like, you which, can do it. Which Which
0: lawyer? is going to get a contempt of court charge
1: probably the defense but also the They're prosecution both of them. yeah i was going to say also in this case also the prosecutor because at this point like the defense attorney does it like four like four times in the episode which at that point if the, the judge would be like listen once is pushing it it's obnoxious doing it this many times like you're doing it to prejudice the jury it's bullshit yeah. the prosecutor doing it also late in the trial but also probably get the same punishment um etc so there's also the big thing of, like I said earlier in the episode, is he takes the belt, so he comes up, he's playing, he's like, I'm just an average person, I don't know about it, um, and takes his belt off, and is like, oh, well, I'm just
0: a special little boy, and yeah. I don't know anything about sex belts. How did,
1: how did you choke her? How did you get off? And the defense objects to it correctly, and he goes, well, your honor, as an average citizen, I just want to know. That's not a legal reason. And there's right, legal yeah. reasons you could say it's irrelevant because it's obviously relevant to the case. It obviously brings knowledge to the jury. Speaks to her character. Yeah, like, there's a lot of things in this that, but, like, he's like, I'm just curious. And the judge is like, yeah, me too. Which, that's <laughs> realistic, honestly. <laughs> the
0: judge is just kinky and really wants yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> which is realistic, right? The judge will probably wave it, but he pulls his belt off. I mean, like,
0: we're not, we're, this is an American courtroom. The judge is basically king, god, mayor, right?
1: Yeah, oh. the judge, what the judge has says, they're, like, the first thing they tell us is when you go to court, you can know evidence. The reason that you know evidence as an attorney is to object, state your re- state your reasoning, and then appeal it later because the judge is going to overrule you anyway because you know the evidence better than the judge does. Yeah. Um, so essentially, um, um, can, if I can remember what I was talking about, he takes his belt off, he puts it on his neck. He's like, like this, right? You had it from behind. The belt was like this. Up to this point, I was like, okay, this could theoretically happen. Again, uh-huh. I've seen attorneys do props. I've seen attorneys take their um, high heels off and bang them on the table to simulate gunshots. Yeah. Um like it's prop work, right? A lot of being an attorney work. Well, a lot of a lot of being an attorney, especially a trial attorney, is acting. It's putting on a character and putting on a persona yeah. to convince the jury. And so part of that, right, is using props. It's using your body. So up to this point, it would be fine. Yeah. However,
0: at this point, me and Graham are both turned completely around in our seats, looking at Hope, watching what? the scene yeah. for the first time. Where he <laughs> yeah. comes
1: up and hands the witness his belt, who is a, who is the um, rapist, and is like, "Show me how you did it." First of all, doesn't ask to approach the witness. Um, that's a big no. No-no.
0: We have n- ha- never done that. We have never asked to approach the well yeah. once in this show, and we never fucking will. Yeah,
1: for context, for those of for those listening to the show, the attorneys theoretically have to stay by their counsel tables and have to ask to approach opposing counsel, the judge, or the witness any time they step up.
0: It's called approach the well.
1: Yeah, approach the well. Uh, but again, when you're approach- approaching opposing counsel, that's not the well. It's just like if you're showing them this is the evidence I'm about to use. Because mm-hmm. theoretically, you have to show opposing counsel any evidence you use as well. They also didn't do that, fun fact. Um,
2: the only time SVU will be like, approach, is when, like, the lawyers want to have a little sidebar with the judge. Yeah, and
1: they'll
0: they'll be be like, they won't say sidebar.
2: They'll be like, approach, Your Honor. And then, the honor, it's, it's always like, well, yeah. And then they, like, whisper little secrets to each other. They're it's, like, which, they're like...
1: Yeah, which, by the way, if you have to do that, they just take the jury out of the room and let you talk. Like, yeah. the jury's never in the room when you're having the discussion. No, the they, they
2: approach and they just, like... <laughs> it's like I've never seen this evidence, Your Honor. Yeah, okay, Well, we just found it. Well we just found it. This one found it forty five minutes ago. You're stupid, you should have ran up on the cake like
0: it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sorry that you just couldn't find it. And then they say something snippy and then the judge goes, Now chambers. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's dumb. But anyway, so he comes up to the witness, he says, Choke me, and the defendant kinda tugs, which at this yeah, point and the,
0: the lawyer's like, You're on her yeah. and the judge is like, I'm the most permissive judge in all in New York City and I will allow it. Yeah.
1: And he gives one little tug and at this point, because 'cause I'm trying to analyze it as You're well as I can. Broke. Well, like I'm trying to think of it as like legally as I can, and I'm like, okay, this would get appealed no matter what. Yeah. But even one tug, it answers his question. It shows everything he's trying to accomplish in theory. As the defense, I would object after he tugs and say, "Your Honor, he did what defense. He did what opposing counsel is asking him to do. Mm-hmm. We don't need any more. Anything else would be prejudicial."
0: No, the defense but, lawyer is a gay pet, Barbara's balls. Yeah,
1: but literally he was that's not dominant. And is like, yelling, like, that's not dominant. What are you? What the fuck is this? And until the defendant finally loses its temper and, like, chokes him. And the defendant's like, that's enough. And they have to, like, pull him off of the attorney. Yeah. At which point the attorney takes him and goes, see? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> There's no marks on me. But here's the really deep bruises on her neck because he wanted to cause pain. First of all, it's making a statement when you're on cross-examination. You can't make statements, you can only ask questions.
0: Yeah, okay, um, hey, that judge, again, will fucking allow anything yeah.
1: in her courtroom. You didn't... Maybe maybe the bruises were admitted control. earlier, so you don't have to admit them, but that's still... it. There's a lot of shit wrong with this. But yeah, that was my general legal impression of the entire episode.
0: Yeah, no, so... At the end of the day, I think the defense lawyers are going to spend the next year in fucking up appellate court and be like... Oh,
1: ten years, please. This is, this is appellate stupid. court. Be
0: like, hey, this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. My man, my man came up to him with a belt and said, choke me like you hate me, but you love me <laughs> on court. Every
2: judge in SVU, anything that they do, it is not about the case. It is never about the case. It is whether or not... It's the
0: love of the game.
2: It's whether or not they like the ADA. Yeah. And Barba yeah. Real life. Barba is beloved.
0: Love it. He like he's the son of New York. Everyone
2: loves Barba and lets him do whatever. They let him come in and dance on the table and do whatever he wants. When it was women before Barba and, like, the three main women who did it, or four, maybe, um, they hated everything they did.
0: One judge literally said that she needs to be wearing a skirt in his courtroom. Meanwhile, Barb- meanwhile Barba has gotten choked out. He fucking, he'll, he'll call somebody a slur. And it's fine. He'll do whatever the fuck he wants. Anything he wants to do.
1: I ran into a judge in small town Texas that required all female attorneys to wear heels at least three inches, to wear skirt suits, and to wear pantyhose in his courtroom. See, that um, is in 2021 motherfuckers
0: 2021. meanwhile but sexism doesn't exist no anymore. of course not go go make a sandwich we'll yeah anyway. God, anyway
1: but like yeah it's yeah, so, wild and so also the fact that so for appeals for criminal court as a defendant you have to prove that any issue so this is like an umbrella statement there's some things that this doesn't apply to but generally speaking yeah. it has to have quote-unquote like incalculate like I'm forgetting the legal language as I am in this episode because, again, I didn't have any notes because I thought we would take time to before recording <laughs> no, this. No, I said raw. Uncut. But, but generally speaking, um, the appellate judge has to say, well, this mistake or this issue, this error, would have to have like measurably affected the outcome of the jury to the point where this issue is what caused the jury to rule the yeah, way that they did. Yeah,
0: has to be an uncurable error. Yeah.
1: And so it's almost impossible to get past because the judge is like playing a little imaginary trial in their head, and they're like... <laughs> Well, if this didn't happen, I think he still would have been guilty because I think he's guilty. So fuck it. <laughs> um, so like, that's the issue in this case: is would that would the jury have found for them even if he didn't choke him? Like, as well as the fact that like the bar for misconduct is so high, uh-huh. um, especially
0: if you're if you're New York's favorite son, Raphael Barba. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's wild. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so this
0: would it's probably going to be. I mean, I could even see this being brought up to the supreme court on appeal but like i don't know what they will say especially i don't know i don't know if the modern day supreme
1: court believes in rape at all but who's to say that the issue wouldn't be the rape it would be him approaching the witness and being choked yeah and since the supreme court takes their cases they take generally issues that are very, very relevant yeah and i don't think attorney conduct is necessarily up to that level i think that would stay at appellate
0: also rafael's a cop like he's a prosecutor, which is a cop of the suit. So I don't, I don't think there's a lot of interest in overturning this because it was prosecutorial misconduct, not defense misconduct. In which case, the Supreme Court would be on their ass, like they want one.
1: Exactly. And oh, what is it? I think only three or ten percent of cases actually get overturned in appellate court. It's a very low number.
0: Yeah. And to to be brought up to the Supreme Court, they have to be like shot down basically at every level and continue to appeal to a higher yeah, court, court,
1: right? So yeah. So you have trial court that is um, then you go up to district court after district court you then go up to um your ninth circuit your circuit courts mm-hmm. uh, after circuit court that's when you go to supreme court supreme court only well days. so
0: rape uh in new york i think it's brought to supreme court because that's what, that's that's where they are they're in supreme court during this trial
1: well this is okay so this is a state crime new york's lowest level Um, New York's weird, so I hate New York City the way that it's, like, not New York City the state, the way it's, like, structured, so state courts in New York are the opposite from everywhere else, so Mm -hmm. their Supreme Court is their lowest trial court, Mm -hmm. then their appellate court, and I don't know what the fuck they call their actual Supreme Court, who gives a shit. and it's superior
0: court?
1: I think so, I hate it so much. There's so many times I've seen Supreme Court of New York, and I'm like, oh shit, and then I'm like, oh wait, never mind.
0: (laughs) So you're not getting barred there.
1: Yeah. Um makes me so angry but yeah so it's really weird but as for the so for a something to go to the supreme supreme court it has to be a matter of constitutional law or an issue between the states um this would have to be a con law issue which this isn't prosecutorium prosecutorial misconduct isn't necessarily unless it was impacting one of his rights which like mm-hmm. you could probably argue due process or something i mean i'm sure if i sat down and thought about it for longer than five seconds like yeah. i could think of an issue but I
0: mean, it's prejudicial, is what
1: it is. Yeah, which would be a state court issue. But, and for it to be a constitutional issue, that would have to be, like, the thing they appeal on first. So they have to appeal, this is prosecutorial misconduct and a violation of his rights. And if they don't say it's a violation of his constitutional rights on the first appeal, can't add it on later. Yeah. Um, but, whatever. Generally speaking, this just wouldn't reach, like, the National Supreme Court. Like, Mm -hmm. the chances would be very low.
0: So just, uh we we're getting a win here on a technicality because the appellate system is just difficult as fuck to navigate so i mean the mandatory sentence for aggravated rape one in new york is 25 years on sentencing given the fact that this is the most permissive judge in the fucking state of new york um if it's sentenced by the same judge which i believe it usually is uh um in new york is that like a jury sentencing or is that a judge sentencing
1: so it depends. So I'm not sure about New York. I can speak to Ohio, which is there's mandatory sentencing, so they have to be, like, with, so rape is sentenced for 25 years, and it's rape of, insert blank, you add two, and if it includes this, like, whatever, it adds three, mm-hmm. like, right? And you add it all up, and that's your sentence. And then the judge can give credits, so you cooperated, you did this, whatever, and it removes so, so many years. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking with mandatory sentencing, like it is going to be around twenty five years, yeah. so it could be twenty, it could be thirty, but generally speaking, it would be around. That.
0: So I'm looking at the rain definition sheet, and they say that in New York, uh, the crime of rape, it's five to twenty five years determinate sentencing. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So. Um, so they start at five, and they could build up possibly to twenty five with whatever issues there are. Given
0: that they, I mean, assault
1: yeah assault they could add um with a weapon like yeah yeah, whatever like whatever you would add and that can get up to 25 years but they couldn't break 25 and they couldn't go below five but they can it would be somewhere between those with like i said you have the credit that you can remove years and then you have things against you that would add years and they figure it out yeah there's little charts that you use you want
0: to know something fun about new york So, um, New York has something that Georgia doesn't have, which is that rape can be done to a man under New York law. Fun. In Georgia law, you literally cannot rape a man because rape is defined legally as the forceful or, uh what was it, uh, unlawful penetration of a woman or carnal knowledge of a woman against her express
1: will. Yeah, a few states are like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. so, like, if you want if you want to charge rape for a male victim in Georgia, you literally have to say, like, what was it, forcible intercourse? Like, you can't, it's literally not rape, it's a different crime. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, sodomy or something it's like sodomy. that. It's sodomy. Yeah, so, like, they're, you know, New- hey, New York, good job.
1: Yeah, good job, sorry about all the rats.
0: Yeah, sorry yeah. about <laughs> Sorry about the rats. You you got equal justice, maybe under the law if you can get it. (laughs) But yeah, so this—I mean, this guy's probably going to be in jail for a while. If he's not in jail for 25 years, then he's in jail for as long as the appeals are, and that's probably five years at least. He's serving at least a minimum sentence of five years, probably more, based on the severity and based on the judge. And, And it is New York, so they're a bit more, you know, gung ho about putting rapists in jail for a little bit as compared to other states so I mean at the end of the day our team gets a win you know we've got an author who's got to pay back millions of dollars in royalties and her life is fucking ruined and Olivia gleefully ruined her life so did Barba. Everybody did.
1: I would fuck the prosecutor in this episode.
0: Raphael Barba? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Man, I'm sorry, that man's a little Spanish. Like, what's he called in one episode? A, a little, little Spanish, Spanish dandy. dandy. <laughs> the same episode where they call an, an Italian man a slur. <laughs> um, no, so, uh, he's not for you is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, there's an episode where he comes back and he's literally dressed like Gordon's fucking fisherman, and he, it, someone goes like, were you on a yacht? And he's like, not my yacht.
2: He's ridiculous. He's the gay- they were like, yeah, we put Jamie Gray in the show. She's gonna play our first, like, stated gay main cast, and I was like, what are you talking about? They had to say
0: first time that we explicitly mentioned they're gay, because Barba was there
2: for years, and everyone is always like, like, they're mean to him because he's Hispanic, but they're also like, yeah, no, Dude, you're gay as hell. Like, we don't like you. Like, he's called effeminate and dandy, like, more constantly.
1: When he's not effeminate or dandy in this entire episode. Oh,
2: So, this episode does not show you the true
0: colors of the Raphael Harbaugh. <laughs> no, this is a man who wears suspenders and a belt. He has trust issues. You see? <laughs> it's a line that literally someone says.
2: His grit in this episode, you're like, oh yeah, he's gonna be a hard ass. I, he's interesting. Every other, he is so,
0: he's a gay man. He's incredible. No, he, he (laughs) literally sometimes he's in trial and he's like, well, Mr. Judge, and And it's it's like, stop it. I mean, same. No, like, like, I look at him sometimes and I'm just like, damn, hate crimes waiting to happen. Ridiculous he is. Um, hey, by the way, so, do you know what else Sparta has been in? What else? Hannibal.
1: Ooh. So
0: that's my favorite show. I have face blindness, so I did not recognize him. He is Dr. Chilton. In Hannibal, a.k.a. a main fucking cast. He's in literally all of the promotional pictures. Do you know who else in this episode was in Hannibal? No. The victim, Jocelyn, actually, in the in Hannibal the TV show, shot Barbara in the face with a gun. Good. And and funny. he lived. Uh, no, it's really funny because at the end of the episode she's like, I don't really like you. My and in girl. the other show she shoots him. He lives, but she does shoot him in the face.
2: Love Veda from My Girl, really just doing what she wants. She's she's having a, a time. I'm not gonna say fun. It's Macaulay an. Mollie Coleman died, and it changed her career. Really changed her career path. Um, no episodes of SVU touch on these legal things. Like the, we have an episode where, but like the the only reason we see more of like the legality side is because it's to show off what Carisi has learned. So we have an episode where like. Barba and Carisi go head-to-head head and pick the jury. But that's, like, the one time we see that. And then there'll be, like, each little facet of the court case we might focus on. Like, there's some episodes where um, they're having to talk victims into testifying because they're like, well, this, ta- this is going to take years, and you're going to have to do this a lot. And they're like, I don't want to do this for years. I don't want to keep dealing with this case. But other times it's like, hey, um, just so you know, we're going to handle the case in two weeks, and um, if you don't have all of the evidence yesterday... No, okay. Fuck you. Go to hell and, and fuck die. You go to hell and
0: die. Um, yeah, no. I mean, we talk about this in Criminal Minds, but how the justice system is very, very flawed from the police side of things because, like, cops lie and shit happens, and a, a lot of the time, cops can do really violent actions against, especially mentally ill people, and kind of get away with it. This episode, I feel, was to show you that hey, it's not any better on the court side. <laughs> this is why. This is why prosecutors are cops with suits. Um, I don't have a lot of fun trivia or goose for this, because the people that do the IMDB page for, uh, SVU are fucking slacking compared to Criminal Minds, who will read you the fucking riot act if you bring the wrong water bottle. (laughs) So this either means that SVU is better show, or that then people just slip on the trivia. There's one more that is kind of interesting, um... By the way, and one of the trivias is this character is based off of El James of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> like no I time. didn't catch that. I ca- yeah, <laughs> I have ca- no, no idea. No idea. This is again like the domino meme of like Gerard Way's dad dies. This episode of SVU happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the only other really kind of interesting piece of trivia is that uh, when Benson and Amaro are talking about a fridge, there's a "No More" sign behind them. "No More" is actually. Uh, actress Mariska Hargitay's... She has a anti-rape campaign. It's called the Joyful Heart Foundation. So they snuck in a little Easter egg for her.
1: Oh, Which
0: is interesting. Mariska Hargitay is actually a very fascinating woman. She's wonderful. I'm in love with her. She's the most beautiful woman. I love that MILF. No, she's a MILF. And she's so very attractive. And... Not to sexualize And y'all say say I'm horny. Not to sexualize Mariska Hargitay,
2: which is kind of against her whole thing.
0: Yeah. But, um, I do love her. No, we're not even saying, like, sexy things about her. Like, I would vacuum that woman's rugs. (laughs) Anything she
2: wants, frankly. No, it has been a lifelong dream of mine. Like, to to be an actor pa, to be in a singular episode of SVU... Just so that Mariska Hargitay can hold me and tell me it's going to be okay. You
0: just want to <laughs> be, like, you You want to be one of the B-hookers that, like, Mariska Hargitay goes, hey, it matters what happened to you. And that would be, like, the and tie I, of your life.
2: I don't need to be the victim. I don't need to, like, be in more of the episode. I uh-huh. need to be in, like, the, the, the scene where someone's been shot, and then Mariska Hargitay walks in and, like, puts, a, like, a blanket around me, and is like, it's going to be okay. And then, or, like... Or, it, like, right before it cuts to commercial, she's, like, like, it, it zooms in on her, like, gripping my face, and she looks disgusted, and I'm, like, out cold. Like, that'd be phenomenal. That's all I want.
1: I'm sending this episode to both of your therapists.
0: <laughs> I I wish I had one for you to send <laughs> it want, I want Carisi to question my gender. That's my want, one. <laughs> I want, I was gonna say, I want, to I want like, Carisi I to be like a baby. But. No, I want Carisi to be like, I don't get this little boy girl.
2: I would, and then Rollins would call me a slur. You don't call
0: them boy-girls anymore, Carisi. That's what Liv would say. Rollins would call me a slur. Rollins,
2: <laughs> Rollins hates me. No,
0: Rollins would be like, boy, girl, neither. I don't, I don't get this whole shit. gender politics thing. Remember when it was just two gender?
2: I let Ice-T flick a cigarette at me. <laughs> I just think he's fun. I just enjoy him. I No, here's the thing. I would do a boudoir shoot with um, Chris Maloney. <laughs> Which he <laughs> would do it. He he wants to be the sex symbol of SVU and you know what he wants He is. He is the
0: sex pot. No, he still is. He's still the sex pot. He's a, like that's a like I didn't understand why people wanted to fuck dads, because you know I'm a lesbian. But then Chris Maloney. But then I looked him. at him and I was like, you know what? Yeah. He makes sense. For the experience For alone. For the experience. I feel like he'd be good at eating pussy. I don't I'm
2: not really gonna dead in the eyes. I'm, I'm not say going that not far. I just think I understand the dilf factor. No,
0: if now. you think Spencer Reed is good at eating pussy, you have to agree that Chris Maloney would be good. <laughs> We have to watch an episode with him in it before I can make any firm statements.
2: <laughs> Christopher Maloney or Dr. Spencer Reed? Christopher Maloney.
0: <laughs> he wasn't in this episode. This is post Stabler, so it is objectively a like worse show. Can't, like, you can't play fucking Bang on on repeat if bang you wanted is the to. Best or Taboo. Bang.
2: Ta- transitions is good, even though it's so bad. It's so bad, but it's so good. I described the plot of Transgender Bridge to hope. Oh, Transgender Bridge is the possibly the worst. I never watched that one. It's awful. That yeah. one. That's possibly the worst episode of television I've ever seen. It's
0: Transgender Bridge, Uncle, (laughs) and...
2: Um, here's the thing. And anything Mm -hmm. with Nick Amaro. Uncle, so Uncle and Transgender Bridge aren't bad television because I think they're, like, poorly written a la Transitions. They're bad because they hurt my feelings. (laughs) And I don't like the ones that hurt my feelings. It's the number one fucking determining factor in this show. Like, I don't like the episode that has the mom from Switched and Birth in it because she... It, like... And Abigail Breslin. It's, but it's like, oh, that's my baby, and I want to raise her because my daughter Annie died, and she had type one diabetes. And I'm like, that's the thing I'm sensitive about.
0: <laughs> um, so I don't watch that episode. Yeah. Um, this will become a three-hour podcast about how Graham got me into watching SBU, and now it's my favorite show. So yeah. I'm literally
1: just napping on the couch while they do this. You are
0: literally asleep. So, uh, we can yeah. we can wrap this up here. So, uh, we are going to be taking a break next week for New Year, and also because we really do want to get uh, fucking wasted over the holiday weekend, and that's not conducive to editing an episode of a podcast. So, we will be taking that week off, and then we will be back in the beginning of January. There, I'm putting an asterisk in that because there might be a move happening, who's to say, but if everything goes according to plan, we will be back in January. So, uh, thank you for listening to Work the Case. I'm Hope. I'm Lee, And i was Graham. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Work the Case. If you liked today's episode, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help get our podcast out to more listeners. And if you want updates on when the next episode will drop and other tweets about the show, follow us on Twitter at WorkTheCasePod.